I'm Krati Mehra and this is Beyond the Goals podcast. It's my attempt to help you revel in all that life has to offer without pressing pause on your hustle. We'll learn how to create healthier relationships, a healthier lifestyle, a career that brings us true joy and a life that satisfies us on every level. Forget the conventional ideas of success and happiness because we're going to live a life of value and create an impact that speaks to our place in the world. So let's get started. Hello and welcome back to Beyond the Goals. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Thank you so much for making time for it. And I really hope that this show is helping you. And today's episode is going to be of interest to all of us. We are talking about all things dating, dating as an imperfect human, dating when life is messy, and dating when we may or may not be in the right place for it, emotionally speaking, of course. So basically, this episode is for everyone out there, but I feel like it's especially meant for people who are rebuilding their emotional life, replenishing their emotional reserves, and are maybe on a journey of their own and are also feeling the need for a romantic partner in their life. Now, my usual advice to people is that if you are in a place where you are learning to love yourself, where you are building yourself up, where you're trying to get to a healthier place in life, uh, a more peaceful place in life or, or a place in life where you are more at peace with who you really truly are, then maybe you need to just give time to yourself and prioritize yourself instead of shifting that focus or splitting your attention with another human being by getting into a relationship. But my guest didn't quite agree with that advice and she had a different perspective on the subject which I really appreciated. And that's not all this episode covers. I had a lot of questions and to tackle them I decided to invite Clara Archwager. Now Clara is a dating coach um, and the reason I wanted her so much for this interview was because a lot of her articles have resonated with me, which is, I think, partly because she's a great writer, but also because she writes with this raw honesty and shares her learnings in a very unapologetic manner. You can relate to her, want to learn from her, feel vulnerable as you do it, and also feel like you're growing with every bit that she shares. So let's dive into this very interesting conversation. Thank you so much for making time for this conversation. You know, having read a lot of your articles and having heard a lot of your interviews, I know that like you come across as a pro at this now, but I know that this was not always the plan, like to become a dating coach was not always the plan. So how did this come about? Oh God, it was never the plan. I mean, I, I still, I feel like I'm still, it's been two years since I started officially coaching and I, I feel like I'm just starting to really identify with and st- this role in a way where it feels more like me. But um, essentially, um, I worked in marketing and branding and communications for most of my career over a decade. Um, I went to, I studied philosophy um, at Johns Hopkins and women and gender studies, mm-hmm. but that was really the the glossy version of that is, is I was going to go to law school. Um, but really what it was, was I ended up taking a bunch of different courses and I was closest for some reason to a philosophy degree, which I can see why that is the case now. And then I didn't ultimately want to go to law school. <laughs> and so, um, but I, but it's interesting to look back on what I studied then as sort of a precursor to some of the work that I do now or the subjects that I'm most interested in. Um, and, uh, but yeah, I started working in marketing back in 2007, right when I graduated. And I did that 
uh, up until, I mean, I'm always marketing in a sense. I think we always are, you know, I, I, now I have to attract clients and grow a business and all that kind of stuff. But, um, I did it most recently for startups and I started a, uh, a fitness app or joined a team. I was the second, third employee back in 2016 and, and worked on that. And that was sort of this like pinnacle moment in my career. It was sort of, I remember reading an interview once with, Alyssa Mastromonaco, who was the former chief of staff for Obama. And people would write in interview questions to her that were essentially like, how do I be you? Like, how do I ensure by the time I, you know, I'm 21, I've just graduated. I'm staring down the barrel of my twenties and my thirties. And like, how do I ensure by 35, I have the type of career accolades that, that you do. And there's, you know, I, I'm, I, I wasn't the chief of staff for Obama, but I definitely remember having those feelings back in my early 20s. And so when I entered this position at this tech startup and really went down that path of growing the company and taking it from like, you know, we were in a closet in a WeWork to three people to over 100 employees and 20 million in revenue in less than two years, I was like, oh my God, this is the thing, right? Like, this is what I've wanted all along. And it's the title and the, the clout and the salary and all the things. And like, I was miserable. I mean, it, it, I, and, and it took a, it took like getting really sick and burning out and developing panic attacks and all those lovely things to, to realize that. And so, um, so like that was my path. I definitely had a very traditional career path in that sense. Um, and sort of parallel to that, I, you probably similar for a lot of us, of us, I was always interested and curious about relationships, both because of my own upbringing. So my parents split when I was early, but they also, my dad was much older when he had me. He had multiple marriages. Um, my mom was married more than once. Um, and I grew up in the States in the 80s and 90s, which is really like the era of divorce. So I was certainly not alone in, and it was sort of, com- it was common. Most of my friends' parents were divorced. Um, so I just knew from a young age in terms of a model, I wasn't going to really be set up for success in terms of like, how do you make this thing work? Um, so personally, aside my sort of marketing and tech career, I was always really curious about love and intimacy and sex and relationships and all these things. And then I was in a long relationship in my twenties and I much like the sort of career thing where I was like, Oh, I've got this, like I'm landing this plane, like come, you know, you know, 30, 35, like I'll have all my ducks in a row. Um, but that wasn't the right thing. So in my late twenties, I was essentially dating for the first time. So I'm, I turned 35 in a few weeks. So call this was seven years ago seven, eight years ago. And I landed in this world of apps and, and text anxiety. And what did they post to Instagram? And did they like it? Did they follow me? Did they not? And just, and I was like, Oh, this is, (laughs) this is hard. Um, But I also, and this kind of brings me back to the sort of philosophy, the way in which I view the world and the concept that I'm interested in is what I found to be very curious was that we were living in an era where we had never had more quote unquote resources. So we'd never had more coaches and gurus and podcasts and books. I mean, if you Google how to date, you're met with over 10 billion results. I mean, just if we think about that, like ecosystem and environment that we're in, right? So there's, so we'd never had more resources at our fingertips, but we'd never been more seemingly miserable. Right. And what really started this journey was this own, that question within myself, that curiosity within myself. And I became 
kind of a guinea pig for myself in terms of like, I think there's another way to do this. Mm -hmm. I think there's another way to wrap my mind around this. But that's not even really answering why I became a dating coach, because this was still very much, you know, sort of, I reached this um, sort of point in my marketer and career was where I was like, I don't know, you know, I was miserable. I went to Bali on a yoga retreat. I mm-hmm. came back and quit my job. Like it's pretty cliche <laughs> in that sense. I feel like you can't go to Bali and go on a yoga retreat and not come back and, and do something dramatic. But at that time I was like, I'm just, I'm going to become a coach. I'm going to become, so I signed up, I trained to be a life coach and I actually trained to be a nutritional therapist, a health coach. Um, because I was like, I can't be a dating coach. That's, that's not smart enough. That's not intellectual enough. That's not. Um, but the universe had a bigger plan for me. And once I started writing about my dating life and the way in which I thought about things and approached things and the way I saw things, people were like, "Whoa, this is this is different." And that was that was two years ago. So um, it sort of I sort of fell backwards into it. But I think that I think it was there all along. I just had to, a lot of it was getting over my own ego around what my career would be and what it would, what it would look like. So, um, yeah, kind of a, a windy way, but I'm settling into it. You know, reading your articles, I get it. I get, you know, what you said that you became your own guinea pig because it comes across in your articles. You, you share everything that you say or share in your articles. It's always from a very personal standpoint. And it is something that you, I mean, as a coach, of course, you must have had so much experience having worked with so many people, but then there's always this personal touch, like the person is reassured that this this woman, that the writer knows what she's talking about, because somewhere she's either had this experience or she's been a witness to it in some or the other way. So that's definitely, I think I can see that in your article. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, part of it. It's purposeful now, in a sense, I see why it works. It's, and it's because I, I believe... The, the writing I always learned from was through story, through narrative, nonfiction, memoir. I believe we learn through story. We teach through story. And I think there can be a very traditional model of more of the traditional um, therapy model where it's like we know we, ha- we are exposed to nothing of that individual. And there's absolutely um, rights and wrongs. And, and from a medical standpoint, like proceed, like ways in which um, things have to be handled. But I do think that we're, it's always been very important to me to teach from that place as well. I don't do it in session with clients. Um, I'm not saying, oh, well, you have this and reflect, like we're, we're dealing much more with the individual and their patterns because um, ultimately advice in that context can be, is nostalgic, right? Just because I experienced something, it's a different experience for the other person and they mean completely different things. But when I write about it, when I can teach through story, I can share right. what I have experienced and then attach the lesson to it versus retrofitting it. But yeah, I, I really, I believe in, in that, in that so much. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that resonated with you. Yeah, it did. And you know how you said that you landed in this world of apps and suddenly the, the dating scene was somewhat different to what you know you had experienced previously. So I feel like when someone is picking a partner, I think there is a life you live on social media, mm-hmm. which is not entirely real because I don't think that's even possible because it gets so much of it gets filtered and so much of it is something you um, decide before you present it. So obviously there is, you mold it and you present it in a different form than its actual reality. So when you pick a partner, that alternate personality that you've cultivated online is 
also a factor when you're picking a partner. Suddenly, it's not whether this person is suitable for me, but there's also this consideration whether this person is well matched with this alternate personality that I've created because this person is going to be a part of that world as well. And will my the will this other world accept him or her or not? Do you think that's because I feel like so many people also lie about their uh, relationship status. So many people continue to be in a relationship because they are uh, even though it, it it's the relationship in itself no longer makes sense, but they're so afraid of changing their relationship status online or letting people know that I got dumped or I dumped someone, whatever the nature may be of that breakup. I think that's that's such a huge factor that suddenly we're making decisions that are from a standpoint that's, that's just completely wrong. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just my opinion on the subject. No, I think you're hitting on something really true and, and really real there. And, you know, I, I often say to people either when they're considering working with me or in the process of working together where sort of from an outside looking in standpoint, call it a marketing standpoint, I am positioned as a dating and relationships coach. And I am, we, we, I am working with women on, um, intimacy, the pursuit of partnership, how it's shown up and not shown up in their life, previous relationships. We are working on all those things, but at the root of it, if I were to pull back the curtain I'm really a self-awareness and emotional resilience coach. And what I mean by that is that I'm working with people to help them better see themselves, um, who they are, why they operate the way they do, where those patterns stem from, what that behavior signifies. And so, um, and then navigating that terrain when it comes to building an intimate relationship with someone. So the reason I bring that up in conjunction with social media is that you're absolutely right. We have these platforms and these systems now where we can present this polished version of ourselves. And that infiltrates how we do things and who we choose to spend our time with and what we choose to eat and watch and consume and all the things, right, in ways we can't even see ourselves. And so I think that I know both for the work that I do and for myself, I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. It's a very funny thing to date as a dating and relationships coach. Um, it, it, (laughs) you know, it's a, it's a, it's a something because at the end of the day, I'm a flawed human being. Hmm. I'm just a human being, you know? Um, and sure, like, you know, maybe I'm doing more consistent work on getting to know my patterns and myself. But at the end of the day, I'm just a human being like everybody else. And, and my Instagram itself is a brand. It's representative of, uh, you know, I mean, actually, I've, I've struggled with the, the app more recently, just in terms of kind of what you're hitting on, where it just feels really disingenuous. And um, I find a lot more impact. And I can be much more vulnerable and honest through through writing. But um, for anyone that I am, you know, either getting to know or in a relationship with, like, it's an awareness that, like, this is this is totally not a representation of what my actual life actually is. And I'm, I work to be. It's actually not hard for me to be transparent about that upfront. It's actually really important for me to be transparent about that upfront. Um, and so I, I think that I think you're whether it's relationships or something else, I think that we are constantly swayed by the external world, by other people's opinions of us. And the more we can catch ourselves 
in those actions because none of us are impervious to it. Right. Um, then the more clarity we'll have, the, the, the more we'll able to live with intention in all areas, whether it be like what we eat for breakfast or who we swipe on, on an app. Um, does that, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That definitely makes sense. Yes. So do you think that maybe if someone has, you know, maintains their uh, a regular presence online, would it help if they were to keep their relationship off uh, their social media accounts? Would that strengthen the relationship or would that suddenly make the relationship not so real for them? I don't like black and white rules. Okay. Like I am, I am not, a, I mean, part of the, the big issue I took with dating culture in general was that I felt like it presented, you know, content that was very pre-prescribed and right. We're like hungry for that. So there's a way, a world in which we could say, I could sit here and say, Oh yes. Like if you don't post anything about your relationship, that then will lead you down a path of like a deeper connection and a, and a more um, intimate relationship with the person that you're actually face to face with. Like it's, it's more, it's understanding mm -hmm. each of us has to take it into our own individual hands and, and get really honest with ourselves. And like, this is, this is really hard to do. I mean, this is why people pay me to work with them because like, it is very hard to see ourselves and it's really hard to get honest with ourselves. And, um, I'm going through this with a client right now where she ended a relationship a couple of months ago and we're moving through the transition process out of that. And, you know, things we were talking about this or texting about this last night where things do come up where now we are acknowledging, Oh, he unfollowed me. Oh, she unfollowed me. Oh, like, you know, this, and, 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 and then what's that? It's like thirst posting, like posting things to an, in, in ignite a feeling in someone else. Like if, you know, how here, you know, here's how great my life is or whatever. And, um, and to just look, I've been guilty of it. Like we're all guilty of it. I think it's the more frequently we can become honest with ourselves of what is motivating me to do this. So I don't think it's a black and white. I mean, of, of like, Oh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to post my new relationship or a picture of this person that I'm seeing on my Instagram feed because, you know, um, that's going to mean something. Well, it kind of goes, it goes either way. I, I just think that if we're so, if we work to be so meticulous, we're not really getting honest with, with sort of the, the mess, messy nature of being a human being. But I think you, all these questions you're asking are spot on. I mean, I think these are things that we should be asking of ourselves too. And again, not to, the same could be said of like, are you going to post a picture of yourself working out because you, you want the, you know, dopamine hit of people liking it and saying like, Oh my God, you look amazing. Which is like, you know, we're human beings. We want <laughs> support and connection. I'm not totally downplaying it. I'm not, and again, like I'm not impervious to it, right. but it's like, or are you really doing it for yourself? I'll say personally, I just can't, you know, I've been thinking back on the last couple of relationships that I've had or people that I've met. And I'm always excited when the person is not on social media. As to me, they're, they're more present in their life. It's so unfair, though, because I am on social media and I share in a very candid way so many parts of my life. I don't share all of it. I think I share what is relevant to the people who follow me because, again, it, it's, it's related to my work. So, but it's so unfair because when I find out this, this guy I'm going out with is not on social media, does not have much of an online presence. And suddenly it's like, okay, now I, I take him, I don't know, I take him more seriously. And this is, I, 
I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm going to encourage Like you're people. above it all or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But then I am on social yeah. media and you can go on my account and you can learn so much about me through that. So I, I feel like it's kind of unfair to judge someone like that, but I do it. Well, I think that, um, well, so two things. One, I couldn't help but when you were sharing that story of how you view people, right, who ha- like who aren't on it. I have a friend who is quite a successful blogger, and she said that in dating, sometimes she would just say that she was a you know account executive mm-hmm. at Pandora because it was. I mean, she said it as a joke, but she was like, "It's just too complicated." To try. And here she has built this like successful career and platform and all these things, but it's the connotation of it and the meaning that comes with it. So it's super complicated and messy, but it's also uh, it's it's at least for myself allowed me to be just really a lot kinder to myself to deliver that news around what I do and then um, use it as an opportunity to see how people, how people react. And if it's going to be something where, you know, ultimately at the end of the day, I want them to just see me as another human being. So um, yeah. Which takes me to, you know, while we were exchanging our emails, I I brought this up about how people are, Okay, I'll just say some this one thing. Like I have anxiety. I'm someone who has to constantly manage my mental health very actively because that's always an issue. So I think that is one of the reasons why I compartmentalize my life as much as I do because suddenly okay, if I'm dating, now this guy is part of my social media accounts as well. I don't want that. That's just an, another thing that now I suddenly have to manage and consider in future. So I don't want to do that. So I compartmentalize. Now, I think that there's a reason why people with mental health issues do that in different areas, not just with dating, but most things in their life. So a lot of the time I talk to people who are recovering from traumas, who are recovering from some sort of breakdown in their life. And my advice is always to fix yourself before you involve another person, because that's just added load on your, you know, on your mental space, on your emotional space. So I always advise against it. You know, we are wired for connection. So separate from, let's put the sort of these, you know, rock bottoms, traumatic moments, experiences, things that we go through, like just as human beings, we're, we're wired for connection. I think that it's been especially, and I don't know sort of culturally what it's been like for you, but I know that, um, I mean, I do work with, I have worked with women in the UK and in Australia, but in the States, there's definitely been this glorification of the you know, rah-rah, single ladies, okay. independent woman um, sure. mentality, which is, come. you know, I, I am a feminist in, in all forms. Um, but what I've also seen come of that is it's a little bit of a double-edged sword in terms of like the permission to, to feel into our desire. To feel into our desire, to give ourselves permission to desire is ultimately connected to our self-worth because it's saying I am inherently worthy of of de- desiring something, whether it be a higher salary, um, a relationship, um, food for my body, this nourishing experience, whatever it may be. But specifically with relationships, because I do think that this sort of mentality of like, I can do it all on my own and it's totally fine. And why do I need someone? Um, and actually that the, the co-creation of life with another and really feeling into that desire and, and the, the comfort and vulnerability that it requires or discomfort and vulnerability and work it requires to build intimacy like that is one of the, it's one of the hardest things that we can, we can do. Um, so that's more of your general question of like, why do they want these relationships now to the point of like at these particular moments, you know, there, 
I think we want to be mindful of the word trauma because trauma can mean a lot of different things. Um, and there is a, there is a spectrum. So right, right. absolutely. I, I hesitate to even, you know, I wouldn't want anyone to take this and, and, and operate in a certain way, but there's a, you know, there's this sort of, there's two things. There's one, there's sort of the, that mindset of, and we, I see this a lot, or we, we know it well with maybe perhaps like weight loss where it's like, well, when I lose the 20 pounds, I'll do X. Or when I have this amount of money, I'll do Y. Or when I reach this certain mile marker or milestone, I'll, I'll do the thing, you know, so we can stay locked in this kind of like um, story of how once we do this one thing, that it will be easier, or that it will be different, or that it will be more, more right in a sense. Um, I see this especially with, with dating where I actually do a fair amount of work with people where they're going through a period of not dating because we put a tremendous amount of pressure and obligation on ourselves to do that. But then at the same time, I think we also can stay in this comfortable spot of like, I'm just, you know, working on myself right now. And then like, I'll get back into it. But I think that we're looking for this sort of unicorn moment or nirvana that doesn't exist that it's like, I'll get back into it when like, I can somehow, I have this whole thing figured out such that I won't be rejected or ghosted or I won't be anxious about where things are going. Um, And I I absolutely do agree that like you got to work to be okay with yourself for, and really understand yourself before um, you are able to, to pursue something with another. But that's very much a lifelong journey. I'll use, um, I also suffer from anxiety. So I'll use my anxiety, um, as an example of how it's the kind of thing that I work to, to manage, um, and get to know more and more, um, how it manifests versus this thing that I'm trying to, to, to constantly fix. And so even as a dating coach, it comes up in, um, I, you know, I've gotten a lot more confident and comfortable in terms of just sort of the ups and downs and the, um, the experience that you face online or in person and that type of thing. But I will find myself in these moments where it's like, Oh, I get kind of anxious around, did this person like text back or not? Or how are they feeling? Or is this plan really going to pan out? And I just have a different relationship with anxiety, that anxiety right now. It's, it, it, it's more of like, Oh, there goes your brain again, Clara, there goes your body again, reacting in this way. It, 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 it's a, it's a far more, you know, productive and compassionate way to deal with it. And so I think that when, I think that when you're, when someone is expressing how much they want a relationship, especially in the throes of like having gone through something difficult and working to move through that, I think that's often a time where we really want the comfort and support of another person, maybe a crutch in some sense. Right. Can I clarify or can I maybe, I don't know if this is clarification, this is another added question. So uh, let me put, uh, put, put forth what I've understood from what you've just shared. So maybe if we are going, if we are managing our anxiety or managing any part of our life as a continuous process that's you know something that we refer to as just life you know going from one job to another reconsidering our options making up a new vision for the rest of our life it's okay today because that simply indicates a need for more connection uh, maybe an added crutch as you said but if we have just come out of something that's different from our usual life maybe something like an addiction 
or maybe like a traumatic mental health experience, then maybe it's okay to take a beat absolutely before we rush into anything that involves a second person, right? Oh, 100%. And I, I, I think it's paramount that we get to know that radar within ourselves. Like I think one of the things that has, that I felt most different about in the, when I wasn't even considering this work and I was just sort of using myself as the guinea pig and doing this is that I always had a really good internal barometer around and really it was permission to listen to that barometer because we all have it around when I should and shouldn't be dating when I was doing it from a place of trying to fill some hole or loneliness or obligation which are all like I say all of this and I want people to be really you know it's not that we are impervious to these feelings or that we should be hard on ourselves because we feel this way. It's the ability to step back from them, acknowledge them. And then in much in the same way where it's like, I know that it's like in my mind, I want the chocolate cake, but if I eat the entire thing, like <laughs> that will not serve me, you know? And, and so it's like, it's, um, it's knowing ourselves in that way. So obviously if you've come out of an, I mean, whether it be something traumatic you've gone through or something that mm-hmm. simply the ending of the, of a relationship, it's getting really honest with ourselves about where we're at and what we have the capacity to give, whether we have the emotional stability and grounding to whether the ups and downs of the pursuit of getting to know someone because that, it, because dating is inherently messy. It, it, it just, it just is. And so, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And I think it's very easy to not be honest right. with ourselves in that regard. So what do you think should the status of our mind, our body or, or whatever other indi- I know you said no to black and white rules, right? At the very beginning, uh, <laughs> which is fine. I don't need a checklist here, but if, if there were to be like a self check-in for anyone what should they look for in their own personality as it is in that period of time? What checks should they run before they decide to, you know, dive into the dating world? This is, this is a great question. So I think first and foremost, when it comes to, you know, if you feel that pull, and I would say this to anyone, regardless of where you are in your life. So um, if you feel this pull of like, I, I, I want to meet someone. I want to be dating right now. I'm tired of being alone. Like is to get really quiet with yourself and to take, you know, I always recommend doing this like on the heels of working out or after having meditated or taken several rounds of deep breaths. If like, that's all that you have time for is to get really quiet with yourself. And then to silently ask yourself, like, am I dating right now? Because I genuinely want to meet someone and I have the emotional capacity to weather that that experience whatever it may be or am I doing it from a place of obligation and there's always that I mean this is our intuition right there's this tiny voice inside of us it's the quiet voice um that's like you know yeah no I'm doing it from a place of obligation and it can be really bittersweet to hear like it's oftentimes it's the answer that you're like oh you know it's right but you don't want to hear it that is actually the, the 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 right thing, and so uh, like using that as a as a as a barometer as a starting point, um, and then when it comes to if you're like, no, yeah, like I, I think that I have um, the wherewithal. I think I have I think I have the space for this. Is nothing is ever. I mean, if the, if the last year has taught us anything, even more so, life is 
completely out of our hands. It is wildly unpredictable. So what is your system such that, you know, whether it be dating or something else, what are your systems and practices and things that you do for yourself um, to maintain that sense of grounding, that sense of um, calm within yourself? Um, and, 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 and are you doing that consistently? And so, and then I think the third thing on the self-awareness piece of things is we all think, I remember this was Mark Manson, one of my favorite writers wrote something about how we all think that we're more self-aware than we actually are. And very, very hard to see ourselves. I will tell you, I speak with my person every week and I'm like, oh, how did I, (laughs) wait, how did I not see that? And I remember being in a workshop years ago where the presenter had a whiteboard and they drew a big circle, huge circle. So imagine like a circle that's like the size of a tire. And then they put a teeny tiny dot in there. I mean, like the most minuscule, you can barely see it. And they were like, the dot is everything you know. Everything else is what you don't know. And I really like, I think of that example often because when it comes to knowing ourselves, it's a, it's a constant, it's like exercise. It's like meditation. It's like eating green vegetables. It's like the effort doesn't, the effort doesn't stop. Yeah. I, I, those would be, those would be the measures I would take. Yeah. So, so listen to your internal voice, listen to your intuition when it comes to deciding whether you are entering a relationship because there's a genuine need for it and you have the emotional capacity for it or whether you are doing it out of a, a, a misguided sense of obligation. That's what you would advise. Yeah. And I would say that, you know, it's very easy, especially in an age of consuming, like we're constantly bombarded with like content and information and um, it's very easy to lose touch with our intuition. And so look for signals in, in the body, you know, it's like when that's why I want, I, I do a lot of work on helping people get into their body because that has that has a tremendous amount of wisdom. I mean, even when we're getting to know someone, I know that when my body has certain reactions um, and they're kind of nonsensical in a way, but when my body has certain reactions, um, that actually means that it's, it's informing me like this is not, even if in your mind you like this person and you find them to be, if you're smitten, you know, you find them to be charismatic and all the things, my body is, is giving me different information. And so, um, so, you know, in the same way where I sort of drew that comparison of like how much, you know, how we all think we're more self-aware than we actually are, you know, we're, we're out of touch with our intuition too. Um, and so to really work to get into the body. Okay. And now I'm going to ask something that's purely for the benefit of my listeners, because I already know that I'm not supposed to ask a black and white, cut and dried question. <laughs> you can ask them. You can ask them. And it's, it's completely, uh, understandable because the topic is such that there can be no it's so it's it depends so much on your individual psychology that there can be no cut and dried answers but i'm, I'm still gonna put it out there so go for it <laughs> I know that self-awareness it's like that you are learning about yourself yeah. and that's obviously a continuous process that will keep happening for as long as you live and then now you are trying to understand this another person that you really want in your life and there are sometimes, and I've always said that you always know when someone is not good for you. You're, there's, there's a voice inside you that tells you that this person is maybe not, maybe individually they're great, but they're not good for you. 
Okay. Um, so is there anything that they can look for? Is there a tool they can use that could tell them that you are continuing to be in this relationship because you just, you know, don't want to be alone or, you know, the, the red flags that you're seeing are genuinely, you know, reasons not to be with this yeah. person. Yeah. So, oh, there's so many different ways I want to answer this question. But like I said before, it's like, we have this wisdom within us. When I work with people, it's not like I'm sharing anything, any like tip or secret or what have you, uh, that, um, people are like, Oh my God, I never thought to send a text message in that way. Not, it's not that at all. Or, and I, and I, it's like, I don't help people set up their profiles. I can, if they want, but it's really about, it's about the deeper stuff. It's about why do I feel so like uh, lost or, or nervous or scared in, in this process. So I say that with all, like we have all this wisdom inside of us. Um, we know the bodily responses for ourselves. We know when it, we're not listening to ourselves. So when it comes to new relationships and new people is using your past relationships as sort of mining them for information. So let's say you're dating someone right now and you're like, I don't know, maybe I'm ignoring red flags. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm, um, I'm sensing something is off here, but I can't really tell. Is it just that I'm anxious to get to know a new person or there are really things about where I'm kind of lying to myself around the potential for this be to be a committed relationship. Um, and so what I would do is I would go back through your past relationships and dating experiences. And this doesn't need to be, it could be someone that you, you know, I had one, like one of the most sort of greatest teachers in my dating history was this person. I actually never met them in person. We only chatted in the app and then we texted back and forth. And whenever we got close to making up, making plans, he would bail. So I say that to like, we, you're, you're, past experiences, your past relationships, I'm putting that in quotes, doesn't have to be like a full-fledged, you know, boyfriend and girlfriend. It could be these sort of mini relationships or just something that that was significant for you. We all have those. So take a handful of those, get out a piece of paper. And literally, it's almost like you're collecting data for each one. Okay. Start with how did you meet? How did it feel in the beginning? What were the interactions like? Where did you show up as yourself? Where did you not show up as yourself? How did things end? How were you not surprised when it ended? And and I'm going to share an example for myself personally because those questions can sound a little vague when, but when you're thinking in the larger context of going back over these scenarios, I vividly remember years ago when it was early on in my dating journey, I was sitting with someone who I was sort of in that we'd been dating exclusively for call it two months, and I wanted a relationship. But I was in that phase of like, I'm afraid if I am too open, I will come on too strong and that will seem too um, controlling or, or committed for him. And so I full face lied. I lied. He, he sat there and was like, yeah, no, I really, he just moved cities and just moved to New York from another city. And I was like, yeah, I just, I'm just not really, I just don't really want a relationship right now. I was like, yeah, me neither. No, I I'm just, no, I really just wanted to find out if you were, I completely lied. And, um, I, I look back on that version of myself with great compassion and humor and like, oh, you poor thing, you know? And so when you ask like, what are, what is something that we can do is to really get honest with yourself and look back at these past scenarios and map out the information around how they came to be and how you felt in the experience and who you were and, and how it ended. And then 
look for where did you play a role? Because the places we played a role speak to our own patterns, our own blocks, our own limiting beliefs, the places that we continue to get stuck. But if we played a role, it means we also have control. And so um, you're really mining for information around how can I change my behavior moving forward such that I don't fall prey to the same blocks. That's, that's, I think that's incredibly helpful. That would help a lot of people. I'll um, add to that. Is it possible? Like I often recommend what people do is uh, to invite uh, a more objective opinion. Like I always say that if you're confused about someone, and this is not in relation to a romantic relationship, this is about anyone in your life. If you think that you are overreacting, because I know I've done that a lot to myself. Mm. I'm just being too sensitive. Because this is who I am. I'm being too sensitive. So what you do, maybe introduce that person to someone else in your life, someone you trust, and then let them give you an idea of whether you're being oversensitive or whether you're coming from a a very genuine place. Do you think that's something that people can do? Or is it, you know, you should just rely on your own judgment when it comes to romantic relationships? I think it's a little bit of both. So one thing I work with people on, especially with uh, women, right? We're so quick to like, take a screenshot of the text and blast it off to a million different friends and say like, what do you think it means? (laughs) You know? And it's like, no one within that group is going to be, be, it's not like Morse code, you know, no one with it is going to be able to decipher that. We are just hoping that like what it means is what we want it to mean. And someone will reflect that back to us. So I find it hard to, Unless it's someone, I think Brene Brown has this where she like she's like there are five people on a post-it that I trust. It's like those are the people whose whose opinions are like do or die, right? Who really matter? And other people, it's just like and so whether it's dating or something else, like you have to find that for yourself. Those people that know you so deeply are going to be honest with you um, and get their opinion opinion on it. But I think again, we know so much more than we actually give ourselves credit for. And oftentimes, like, and I think you were speaking about this beforehand, where nine times out of 10, we'll stay in something, even if it's mediocre and we know it's not right for us out of the fear of, of being um, alone. And I have a lot of compassion for that. I have, I have been that girl. Now I've swung to the other side and too comfortable being alone. So, <laughs> you know, but I, I, we will do that mm-hmm. a lot. And, but, but, and I, I do this a lot with the people I work with, I compare it to other areas of our life where we really won't tolerate that. We really won't settle in that fashion often because I work with women who are incredibly invested and successful in their careers. They're not doing it at all in their careers. They're not settling True. in any capacity. Um, and what we settle for, what we tolerate directly correlates to what we receive. So like, I'll take like, you know, the version of me a couple of years ago, um, or um, six years ago, it was a while ago at this point, you know, the one at the bar who was like, yeah, no, I don't want a relationship. Like, of course, the universe is going to send me people that are like, flaky, not that committal, really good in bed, you know, like, fun, friendly, kind, you know, so it's like, you will receive what you are willing to tolerate. The only and we're willing to tolerate a lot and, and settle for a, a lot of shit. Yeah. Right. Again, it all, you know, comes down to self-awareness. 
working on yourself individually. Mm-hmm. This this is helpful. And you know, I've spent a lot of time on your website and you have a very like a very diverse collection of workshops that I've that you've conducted. So if there is like a calendar that people can look at, maybe of upcoming events or maybe there are old recordings, I think that would be great because I would like to share that with my listeners. Oh, thank you. Well, I always, I really recommend subscribing to my newsletter right. because that is where I send out. And I am actually in the process of, it's going to take a few weeks, but just adding a tremendous amount of like free downloads and free content to um, to the website itself, but there is still a tremendous amount of content there. Um, but if you're new to me, there are tons and tons of articles. I have a whole list of podcast interviews. So, um, much, much to binge, but I'm so glad that those workshops resonated with you. And any other resources that you would recommend other than maybe including your own, but any other resources that you think would really help people improve their dating life? I have three sort of three main writers that I always recommend to people. And some of these will probably be more familiar to um, you than others. But so the first is uh, Mark Manson. He's the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Uh, But his website is a treasure trove. I mean, just really, really brilliant pieces. And so, and I think that he, um, he, he follows the philosophy of, you know, there's like positive psychology and then um, he believes in negative psychology and negative self-help, which is actually um, a lot more uh, grounding and, and motivating than maybe we think it would be. So his work definitely. And then um, Brene Brown, but I, which I know we all know, but I always recommend um, the gifts of imperfection, which is one of her earlier books, but I think in the realm of dating, it's tremendously helpful. It's a really timely read, especially if you're feeling like I'm just sort of struggling and I feel anxious and I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and then one of my all-time favorites when you're going through just a real rock bottom and a rock bottom can look like anything. It can look like a death in the family, a traumatic breakup, a just a loss of some kind is um, Broken Open, which is written by Elizabeth Lesser. And the, the, the thing I'll say though, is that because I ask, I get asked this question a lot around like what what are the resources and what should people read? Whatever it is, just you, you got to stick with it. So it's like you, you got to really get into the content. You got to really immerse yourself. Like I I do this with clients where I have certain books that we read together, but I'm prompting them with like questions assigned to each chapter and work that they have to do related to rent. But um and so. If it's a book like The Ten Gifts or a big, a big relationship, one that a lot of people have read is Attached, which is all about attachment science. And so is to take whatever book it is, order a hard copy, don't read it on your Kindle, sit with a pen, a highlighter, sit with a journal and a notebook, underline the stuff that matters, and then write about it. And like okay. that, I mean, I have books that I have like sorted through and read and paged through, and like that's you know, I've worked with a tremendous amount of like, you know, I've worked with therapists and coaches and energy healers and yoga teachers and all the things, and they've all been helpful, but I owe a tremendous amount of my growth to working with books in that way. So I would say the thing that I see is that people think that they're going to pick up a book and it's going to completely change their life. And they don't give credit to the work that's actually required to, to work with the content. So, um, Yeah. Yeah, all part of the process. You want to learn and grow, then you got to put it, use the resources and actually give them what they need from you. Yeah. Yeah. And and it's going to be really, 
I see this with clients and I see it for myself too, where like this kind of work on ourselves is really hard. It is. And I think that we have to have a tremendous amount of compassion and care for ourselves when it comes to acknowledging that because um, that's why not everyone does it because it's, it's right. really hard. It's really hard. Yeah. It is hard. Yes. That's great. I think those resources are helpful there. I think there's something to dive into. Um, and is there like one advice that you would give people to, you know, uh, step up their life for a life upgrade or anything that would make their life a little bit better? Yeah, it's kind of, I think it's kind of something I touched on earlier, but that I use the example of myself where I, um, I have anxiety. Um, I have convinced myself a couple of times during, you know, the pandemic that I had coronavirus simply because my anxiety, you know, um, gave me like hot flashes and really heated up my body, you know, and it, you know, so, so I definitely have that physical manifestation of it. And, but it is something that I work to manage, then work to eradicate, eliminate or change. And I think a lot of the stuff that we want to change or get rid of or fix within ourselves, if we just gave ourselves the space to manage it versus trying to change it, then, okay. We'd be a lot better off. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's a lovely idea. I think a lot, I think every one of us should do that. And considering the reason why I ask for these tips is because everyone is so super busy. Yeah. So even if you're going to disregard everything you've heard up to this point and maybe just give me that one tip, hopefully, hopefully this episode would help you just make your life a little bit better. So I think your tip, I think, should just fit right into their lives you learn to manage it instead of changing it because change of any kind of any magnitude requires so much work so maybe if you find that too difficult you can learn to manage it that's that's a great idea yes so that was clara archwager who thankfully has a website which is an awesome resource for anyone looking to hone their dating skills or even if you're just looking for someone out there who gets what you're going through. I definitely recommend Clara's articles and interviews. Thankfully, all the links are on her website, the link to which will be on my website, along with all the other resources that have been mentioned during the episode. Just go to my website, redefinenarrative.com, search for the podcast episode, and there should be a list of resources and links for you to explore. Now, if you found today's episode useful, I'll appreciate it if you'll please rate and review the show on iTunes or share it on Instagram. It will help others find the information should they need it. Remember to tag me at mehra underscore krati so that I can thank you for your time. And if there is any particular issue or concern you would like for me to cover on the show, reach out to me on Insta or use the contact page on my blog, redefinenarrative.com. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back next week with yet another episode. Till then, please do take care of yourself.